just don't know what's on Other side of the grave when you slang and I talk about it These fuck niggas want me dead, two bullets in my head Doing life and fit, it fucked up pockets in the red So it's never a wrong time to slang that on And I gotta shoot fur cause I know that he puts blind on killing me And I really don't feel the way I once felt about school Sorry, I'm late. I just don't give. Bro. Hey, yo, 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 yo. Rocking with the best known unknown podcast on the internet. It's Late to Work, now live with episode 35. Nice round number. It's always good when that counts. I feel like we got a lot to get into. Those yes, are our best sir. episodes. Uh, as always, it's your boy Money Mitch, aka King Lear, aka the Mixed Skin Messiah, aka Daddy Longstroke, the motherfucking Clitoris Wrangler, aka Spike Francis of the podcast Pope, aka the Light Skin Lord of the Flies, aka the Dreadhead Nigga in your lobby, aka your Everyday Entrepreneur. You can find me at Mitch Games with a Y because I'm a little bit gay on all your preferred social media platforms Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to get into. I'm here rocking with my right hand man, the funniest man in Rhode Island. It's only Chris Allen. The young OG, the black hey Moody, sweet James Jones Jr., Ohio's very young man, Midwest best, Midwest half. Yeah, is that your OVO, Ohio's very young? Like you gonna get like an owl tattoo? Actually, no, nah, for Cleveland it'd be like a fucking crow or something <laughs> like that. Pigeon. Yeah, pigeon with a syringe. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. A black a mile and a wave cap on a pigeon. I also like that now when we do video, like all the listeners can tell which one of us smokes weed and which one of us doesn't because you got all your shit memorized. I'm sitting here staring at <laughs> my shit. One, one of these days you're going to realize the transition. I'm going to be professional, but until then. I'm yeah. used to going on stage and just yeah, remembering. I, yeah, so it's like. Do you do you intro yourself like that now? Do you do, you do your AKs or No, shows? no, no, no. That <laughs> ease of clock, man. I'm just like, I just give my name and. Promise jump me into when it. you do a big enough stage, you'll let, you'll let me oh, yeah. host and intro you. And I'll do all your ideas. Oh, no doubt, like, man. I can't wait to... That's going to be hilarious. I, I literally just can't wait to, like, be at a position where I can just go on stage and just do shit for as long as I want and rift and shit like that. Like, you're always, at, you're always on a clock. You're always, you know, you know, have to, you know, have everything tight. Hmm. But, like, what Dave does where he just goes to a place and rifts oh, yeah. for, like, three hours, man, that's a dream, That man. must be amazing. That, that must... That's how you get dope material when you can just go riff for three hours and tighten that shit to what works in one hour shit get out of here man give me that opportunity can we I know we had some other stuff on the docket but culture wise can I there's a situation that came up in comedy that I always feel like I have to bring these things to you and get your, your comedic professional yeah opinion. no no do you hear about this shit with Amy Schumer this past week uh no uh, this all now when she what? She hosted. Yeah, I, I saw it, and I use I usually watch it when comedians host, but I'm not a biggest fan of Schumer. But that's fair. That's why you're a good person to ask for this. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you heard or not. So apparently, she comes in the city or whatever. She obviously is like workshop and like the monologue needs to like get up some places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're familiar with Caroline's, obviously. I'm yeah. Saying. Uh, they do like their showcase series mm-hmm. where they let like a like a up and coming comedian like headline. They do like their full forty five or an hour, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of like friends and family come out. It's kind of like one of those in the New York comedy scene. It's like a you know, you know, a check mark moment. Yeah. On, on the rise there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's you know kind of a, like a special setting. You know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of you know people who you've come up with are kind of there. Like it's a nice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So Amy Schumer shows up. Mm-hmm. To Caroline's. Yeah. And, you know, comes to the hostess. I guess the hostess has no fucking clue who Amy Schumer uh-huh. is, which is, first off, hysterical. That's crazy. She's like, well, uh, yeah, I, I don't have to tell you. We don't have any tables. You know what uh, I mean? Oh, wow. She's like, yeah, let me speak to a manager. So, manager uh-huh. comes out, obviously, knows who Amy Schumer is. Uh-huh. Uh, and Amy Schumer's like, hey, like, I'm, you know, I need to work.
work shop. Like, my mom, like, do you mind if I get up? Uh-huh. She's like, hey, listen, like, I get it, but this is, like, a thing we do here. Like, this isn't, like, a show we can interrupt for you. Like, sorry, but, no, like, no. you can get up after him if you want to wait for a while. Like, go somewhere else. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So she's like, all right, cool, no problem. Uh-huh. This is where I can't believe how shitty Amy Schumer is. Uh-huh. She goes and, like, hangs out with a bunch of the comedians who are there who, like, know this guy. Uh-huh. Learn his name. Yeah, yeah, Brandon. I forget his last name. I butcher it. Uh, yeah. but we should shut him up we'll share his podcast or something mm-hmm. uh, but Brandon something uh, she you know makes nice and then shouts out from the crowd hey Brandon it's me Amy Schumer do you mind if I get on stage for 10 minutes wow and like what are you gonna do right like yeah. it's Amy fucking Schumer and the crowd was probably like yeah let her up yes and no because it's like it most of these people are here for like this showcase right? uh-huh. like this is like people oh like, so the, like the manager says something it said that we're doing this showcase yeah. and then she whoever's doing the showcase she shouts his name out yeah like while he's like, on stage oh, during wow. his set like wow. he's like 22 minutes in wow and like what do you like what are you gonna do you yeah know you I mean? can't be like f no and so she gets on stage and i guess i guess she kind of bummed because it's like yeah, i'm not from material yeah She's workshopping shit, I'm sure it's not great stuff anyway. Yeah. Uh, and it's a room you just pissed off 90% of because these are all friends of the comedian you just cut off. Yeah. Uh, isn't that like a cardinal sin? It is. That's a pretty... Like, I, the level you have to be on for that to work is a level I assume you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so it's, no, it's, it's, it's known that, like, sometimes, like, big. let's say there's a, a, a list of, like, say... 20 comics doing workshop and stuff mm-hmm. at like the comedy uh, at the uh, what's the famous ones in LA the um, oh man the uh, oh man I forget the, the name yeah yeah so um, if like let's say Chappelle or someone comes in like he'll, he's, he's not gonna wait he's gonna be like as soon as he walks in bump whoever was supposed to go next whoever was on stage finishes their set but that's what I'm saying next yeah you, can, you can't up, like yeah. run up and just be like nah nigga get off my stage yeah this no is that 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 is I've never heard of anything like that I've that's never absurd heard of, yeah like a, you're a huge Chris Rock fan I know yeah, yeah if Chris Rock walks into the room while you're performing and then goes hey my nigga can I get 10 minutes I'm sure you're gonna say yes yeah but that's still the rudest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, and that's what makes it so fucked up. It's like it's it, you got, and this is where we do really need to show. You mm. know what he said as soon as he got back on stage? What he goes? I think I just co- got comedy me too. <laughs> that's a pretty. Good and it's tag. like I mean, someone in power abusing their situation to take advantage of you and putting your career in a hostage situation. It's kind of the same thing. Um, on his part, I mean, like I would take that L because it's like, yo, like yeah. Oh, I'm sure I, the pub you get from this is great. And also on top of that, like, if I'm sure Amy appreciated it and hopefully she will look out for him in the future. And maybe that's what she was. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say uh, that she was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to interrupt him. But like, I'm going to hook him up. It's going to be worth it for him to do to take this L. And if that's the case, I'll take the L. I will take the L of Amy's like, yeah, I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to steal 10 minutes from you. But I'm going to pay it forward. I'm going to hook you up as much as I can for this 10 minutes. And I, yo, I, I, I mean, I'd be okay with it. I mean. You want a professional level transition I'm about to make out of this topic? Yes. If you want to learn more about that story and see how it did play out and whether or not Amy Schumer is a decent person, go check out the stupid little podcast by Brandon Sagaloff. That's that was the comedian? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he actually talks about it on his podcast. And that's was he upset about it? 
I mean, he took it in good stride. You but. got to, man. That's. I mean, this is. I mean, like, comedy is is a rough, a rough pursuit, and there is there's going to be that. And when you get there, and that's why I usually like most comedians, even like the popping popping ones, are pretty have a lot of humility because it's such a dog fight to get up there. It's such a a. a like you got to climb through a lot of shit in order to you know get to that level, and then once you get to that level, you can still eat dicks on stage and like bomb, and like you can be brought back to earth really quickly. And I'm surprised that you know she did that. I think like if I was Amy, I would just been like send out a tweet. I will be in the park telling jokes. At this time, well, go yeah. to the, go to like, New York City, a thousand comedy clubs. Like, go to the cellar, go to Exa- the yeah, you know exactly. I mean? She, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, she got to where she got from not accepting no and doing what she. And you that's know, what I mean. But, like, it's not like she hasn't. I guess my view on it is people who fought through all of that who have now made it, specifically mm-hmm. in comedy, where a lot of it is about kind of being self-deprecating and like. Foraging through the shit that you're taking. Mm-hmm. Once you've made it, it's kind of your responsibility to do things the right way at the top, so yeah. that it's easier the next time around for people. Not easier and to get on, but there's less shit to go through. Yeah, we can just recognize good comedy. Yeah, uh, and that's I, I. There's certain comedians who really exemplify that, and certain comedians who go the exact opposite direction, where they're just like, "I'm the shit now, y'all fend for yourselves, fuck off." Yeah, and I just like. I, I don't know. Like, I, it's tough to respect that. Like, I get it. That's how some people remain great. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, but that's... I always... I look at Jordan as the prime example of this. It's like, I haven't seen any any shot of Michael Jordan looking remotely happy in 20 years. Oh, no. You know what I mean? And my man owns a franchise regarded as the greatest person ever. What he does, he's a billionaire. And got a bomb-ass new wife. Bomb-ass new wife. <laughs> an ass cart- like, my man can literally do any fucking thing he wants, mm. and he's the most miserable fuck I've ever Well, seen. we don't know that. I'm sure he's, like, at least okay. Oh, okay. But, you know, those... I mean... I'm just saying. Yeah. You gotta... It, if what you're about is getting other people along with you, you'll end up happier in the long term. I guess is my point. Yeah, I agree. And I'm sure she's regretting this move. She's getting a lot of bad P, uh, PR lately. I mean, there's some other stuff that she didn't want to do press for some movie she was coming out with. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't... And she didn't... I mean, I, I saw a few of the skits that she did on SNL. I just didn't think it was funny. Yeah, I mean, I... Was, I, I I'm excited to see her new movie. It got really shit reviews, but I still uh, want to see that. That looks interesting. Yeah. Uh, the whatever pretty, I feel pretty. Uh-huh. Uh, that are, like, I like the concept. I don't know if it's well executed or not. Yeah. Uh, that would tell me, put it this way, the fact that all I'm hearing is bad PR from regular life Amy Schumer and no PR about that movie says a lot about that movie. Because yeah. at the very least, Amy Schumer stands are loud in moments. Yeah. Like, I, I should have seen that pop for a second, and I never did. I don't think she's handling Fame particularly well. No, no, I agree. Yeah, uh, it's a shame because I I actually like Amy Schumer. Like I like a lot of what she's about. I just I she she has partially the Lena Dunham curse, where like I think Amy Schumer's done some really great stuff, mm-hmm. and because of that, she's afforded a very long leash with which she's not. L- She's not living up to her best hits. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Trainwreck is a bonus. Like, that's an amazing movie. movie yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and, like, she's got, so, like, certain bits in stand-up where, like, truly amazing work. But then she has all this leeway because she's kind of, you know, 
being somebody who went through her particular line of shit, mm. she's out here on a ledge kind of solo. You know what yeah. I mean? There's not... There's a lot of people trying to be like Amy Schumer right now, but nobody's in, like, a space where she's at yeah. in her lane. Uh, and the fact that she can't fill it is... I mean... It, there's a lot of lanes in comedy, right? You, you can be whatever identity profile you want to be mm-hmm. uh, and you know, play that however you want to play that. But you, you, there's jokes all the time uh, about like after the Aziz Ansari thing, right? Like yeah. who, who's the Muslim American comedian you listen to? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's, there's a lane no, there. How, yeah, there's and I'm no, sure there's hundreds of good ones, but none of them are in that space. Yeah, yet. none of those are like household names that's yeah. going to get their own you know, shows and so forth. Yeah. And so, like, average-looking white girls who are also funny is a pretty hard lane to get ahead in comedy yeah. with. You yeah. know what I mean? No and, like, Amy Schumer's out there on a ledge and not doing a whole lot with it. Yeah. Um, damn, we fucked my whole transition up, so now I don't know where to go. Uh, <laughs> That's all good. Do you want to talk about niggas? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about niggas. And by Yo. niggas, I mean the word niggas. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith dropped a nigga on TV. Yeah, How do we did. feel? I don't care. Neither do I. And I, I almost feel like he, because he was talking about uh, a Nick Saban, and it almost at when at the point where he said it, it almost seemed like he was gonna say nigga, and like <laughs> Nick, like he he, I think he could have easily mixed up some words or almost like stopped saying Nick Saban and it sound like nigga. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's what he did or he actually dropped the M bomb. But he's done. He dropped the inbound before. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, I mean, it's going to happen. Like, you know, Stephen A. Smith, like, regardless of whatever your views of him on camera, on ESPN, on his radio show, I think he's just like a, a, a brother from, I think he's from New York. Or, or Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. So I think that's just who he is. And sometimes, and he's articulate, smart, well-educated, well-accomplished person. But, like, even those, they draw niggas around their friends, and that's part of the culture. Sometimes it's on slip. I don't care. Uh, so I'll tell you how little I care. I literally didn't even watch the fucking clip. You yeah. I mean? I knew, I, I knew it happened already before. I knew he didn't lose his job then. I, I assume nothing's going to happen to this. Yeah. I assume most people feel like you do. They don't really care. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. Like, my only issue with Stephen A. Smith's entire career is that it's happened on, like, basic cable. Yeah. Like, Stephen A. Smith, if he's on HBO, yeah. it's, a, like... He he won't have the range of stardom he does uh-huh. now, but he would have. Getting back to our conversation about Amy, the, I guess the leash. Yeah, you know what I mean, like he he'd have a lot more space to be him, and yeah. I think he'd be a lot better. Uh, I wish I lived in a place that got his radio show because I'm curious what that's like. Yeah, uh, I don't go out of my way to like look up radio shows on the internet though. Uh, so I bring that up to discuss this. Then there's a little girl, Kendrick Lamar show. Yeah, saw it. Saw that clip. She, uh, speaking of chubby, average-looking white women, white people... So she wrapped the N-word, is what we're getting at here, after that very pregnant pause. I guess... This is one of those... like I love debating the N-word, because my opinion on it has always been in flux. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you pull somebody on stage to rap your lyrics, lyrics... Yeah. And your lyrics, like you, it was you, definitely you, a setup. Yeah, like you know your lyrics, don't. Yeah, exactly. And I think like Charlotte, you can't play gotcha games with your fans. That's I know. Yeah, up. it is. It is. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, what did it? What did? What is she gonna do? Right. I mean, it. it I because then you look like a bitch too. Like you can't be up on stage just rapping along. Like, where'd you go? Say, no, I said ninja. 
Uh, like what? Yeah, and also I think that like people like of other cultures, other than ethnicities, we all know that they say whatever the fuck they want when they're around their friends or right. around, or or especially by themselves. They're they're in the song, and it's like it's We're it's a double it's it's a it's a double edged sword to where it's like yeah she should be respectful she should like not say it but. Could you crucify her for like saying it on stage? I mean, like, yeah, I, and I think Kendrick kind of handled it well. He wasn't like acting like super. He was like, hey, yeah. there's one word you need to pause in there. And then, like, he kind of let her off easy, let her try again. And I don't think, I think she censored herself the next time. But uh, I just don't want, I just don't play those games, Kendrick. You know yeah, what it that, is, man. Okay. I, I feel like that was a, a poor move by him. And like, yeah. I, for the first, I, I shouldn't say for the first time, because I guess I'm often on the, I'm often on the side of white people, weirdly enough, in this conversation. Mm. So I'd, let me propose another one to you because this one comes up in my life often. Mm. White guys who hang out with mostly black people, mm-hmm. right? And go around black people. Yeah. Who have been many people's niggas. Mm-hmm. You, you, like you said, we all know people use whatever terms in, in their circles, right? Yeah. And so I know plenty of white guys comfortable with that in their circles. Mm-hmm. What's the, what is like the guideline on if you, if you've got that pass mm-hmm. using that in public spaces with those same people? Because that's that's difficult I think to I think I think if you're if that's do you your any, crew, well, do you have any white friends like that? Do you have a white friend who you, has the pass? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think like you have we're a non-black friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and um, I just don't like one. I'm I'm all about a tent, and one is like uh. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's just like I just don't have enough time to like correct that. It was like if this person is like close to me and he's and he's not using it as malice, he's using it almost as as it's the vocabulary, you know. And it's hard to you know. Then I I understand I understand both sides of it, but I'm not going to be like oh stop you know censor yourself. I don't want. I mean that's there's a so gap. Here's my question then: if you're if you're out y'all like hanging out or whatever. And yo, yo, my nigga, grab me a beer or whatever. And somebody hears that and confronts him about it. Do you back him up or like, what's your playbook? Yeah, you. I mean, you gotta back up your boys. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, but I mean, I and I feel, but on the other hand, that person is actually on un, on the right. The dude, who's right. Like, yeah. So it's like, it, it's that's what I mean. Weird, like, it, like, it's, it's a limbo. It's hard to, especially other black people. Other like fucking SJW white people get the fuck around me. Like, that's my that's my nigga. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. But like if another black person steps in, it's like yo, my nigga, like you can't say that shit. Yeah, then I mean, and I'm, I'm gonna come over and be like, no, like Brett's allowed to say it. Yeah, like, like that shit don't work. No, I mean, yo, <laughs> I'm get fucked up. Yeah, and and, and and Brett's in the wrong, and and, and that's it. Right. And it's, it's it's you gotta know your surroundings. Yeah, white guys who use niggas, like you gotta know where that shit's called for, and always err on the side of caution. Yeah, if you're wondering about it, don't do it. Yeah, and you know. And, and maybe just don't do it. I mean, you know. <laughs> I'd I, actually I think, like to. I think I might try and cut out nigga for lunch next year. Yeah, I'm, all I'm, jokes aside, I'm not. No, I. I'm just. I'm I sure. never used to use it, and now it's become way too common in my vocabulary. I want to like get down the use of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm just. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> well, it Chris, is. You'll always still be my nigga. Oh, you be my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you don't get no bigger. Hey. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of deplorable terms to call people of specific races, uh, Trump in this wonderful comment. I didn't did see this? this. No, I. So you got to give me the uh, awesome the the C- lowdown on this. So we 
we know we like to be in the middle here. I want to present mm-hmm. both sides of this. The, the headline quote that everybody ran with it was definitely like a thing for 24 hours on the internet was Trump pretty much said in, in his, uh, we'll put the clip on uh, page obviously, uh, in regards to immigrants, uh, illegal immigrants here in the country, these aren't people, these are animals. Mm. Uh, the remarks were made in response to, there's a, uh, it was kind of a panel was discussion, there was a sheriff who uh, essentially was lamenting the fact that uh, there's there's immigration laws that don't allow people to report si- like certain specific suspicious activities, mm-hmm. uh, and they've like missed out on apprehending MS-13 gang members right. and the like. Yeah. So a lot of people who are defending this are saying he's speaking specifically about MS-13 gang members. Mm-hmm. I he never clarifies that in his remarks. Mm-hmm. He refers to them as <laughs> they illegal immigrants. Mm. Bad people, we're rounding up lots of them, mm. not enough of them. We've got the dumbest immigration laws of all time, and we're going to change things. Yeah. So that was pretty much the gist of it. Um, yeah, do I do I think he was talking about MS-13 and other, uh, you know, these gangs that are, just, you know, throwing people in acid and chopping their head off and stuff like that? I don't know. I... I know there is a there is some brutal South American Mexican gang members and they do some some terrible sickening things. And if he was talking about them, I can understand uh, him taking that point of view. Uh, is Trump very fumbly and 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 that graceful with his words? And, and yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I do think he's like a bigot. I, I do think that, you know, he categorized large groups of people uh, in small definitions and terms. So there's always in his mind, I think there's going to be some spillover to who's bad and who's good and what's right and what's wrong and what's just a, a regular immigrant trying to, you know, live the American dream and what's a gang member trying to, you know, take uh, opportunities away from America. Um, Ye- I don't think that's how gang members work, but <laughs> no, I, I'm saying there's a there's he, there's good his, Americans looking to shoot people and rob. No, I no no, I was saying in his mind there's all I think he blends the two the two groups into yeah. one. Yes. I think that the lines in his mind it gets blurry, and I think the line in a lot of super right wing people gets blurry to what's uh what's hurting America as far as immigration illegal immigrations included and what is you know good for America because there is a large portion of illegal immigrants that support a certain especially at a certain economic and workforce level that's good for America Um, but there is a blurry line that a lot of people have between them and these like you know super thugged out gang members coming over here so I I often tell the story to people like met a lot of interesting characters in my times in Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the most interesting people I met uh, was a dude who, I think he was like 14 or 15, mm-hmm. and had recently been initiated into MS-13. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you hear all the stories and what I remember hearing at first hand, was, you know, like, you know, he's terrified, he's a fucking kid, just turned 15 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they literally had him, like, like stalk and mark this disabled elderly woman, mm-hmm. run her down, like, in her wheelchair, kidnap mm-hmm. her, store her in a warehouse, torture her for two days, raped her and killed her. Jeez. And it's like, that's a 15-year-old. 
One of the things I really always like strive to point out to people about gang culture is like, please don't get it fucked up. All the gang atrocities you hear about, mm-hmm. none of those are adults. Yeah. All the like, there are adults who run that shit who like graduated from that life. Yeah. Maybe, but yeah. they don't do any of that work. Yeah. They come into your people's fucking children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, ain't nobody over twenty two shooting anybody. No. You know what I mean? That's just not how that shit is structured. Yeah. Uh, and so. I, always, I look at comments like this and like I get it like I know MS-13 does that shit yeah but you've also got to recognize that like when you're talking in large scores like that mm-hmm. when you're not identifying who you're talking about A like you said things can get jumbled and people can mistake what you're identifying mm-hmm. but even if you are talking specifically of the group MS-13 that you you know people who are supporting these remarks mm-hmm. are saying he is those are still people. Those are still humans. Yeah. And in large swaths, the, the, the atrocities that you're talking about mm-hmm. are kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you should not be treating them like animals. More than ever, we need to be identifying them as people and people that we need to find a way to reach and rehabilitate. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that pro- like, we're not going to round them all up and send them back to a country that literally is adjacent to us mm-hmm. or maybe a couple countries down, depending on which country you wanted to pick them from. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. When they're coming back. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not how travel works. And the wall's what, not going to work, yeah, dog. In one way or another. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree to a certain extent. I, I do also, you know, I do also see the anger and uh, hearing it once you hear. And, like, that, to play devil's advocate, I guess, I'm sure Trump has a lot of intel that we don't hear. I'm sure he gets inundated with the terrible things that are happening on, at the border. In, in surrounding areas and and if your reaction to that is to say these types of things you're not qualified to be president yeah I, yeah I, I mean there's a level of decorum that comes with that position to not like rile up the masses over things that are like you're hearing about because you're the president you're not <laughs> I understand it though to a certain extent I was listening to uh, Rogan's podcast and he had Tim Kennedy's in here he's a UFC fighter but he's also a uh, uh, special force uh, uh, army ranger and he was like he said he was talking about uh, some like he was like yeah there's some men that threw uh, when he was in Afghanistan he was like there was some guys out there and they threw acid on kids out there he's like and I found those guys and I killed them and he was like and that's that's what you do when you hurt children and and then he said something about like uh, he's doing this Nazi show and how uh, some of these Nazis had escaped to Chile and they have these big German uh, camps out there and it's like after World War Two ended mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, of these top Nazi leaders went to Chile mm-hmm. and uh, they were doing the same experiments they were doing on Jews in Chile. And he was talking about some of the uh, things that these people were doing. And they're still in Chile, they in these communities, and they're proud of their, like, Nazi heritage. And he was like, I wanted to go to that area and just murder those people. So I understand of hearing something terrible done and just being having being filled with anger. Now, should the president be speaking like that? Absolutely not. He should be using his words, you know, a lot you know, more gracefully. And, 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 and But that's Trump. <laughs> And um and I can't you know and yeah I, I there's a part of me too and I can't I can't be a hypocrite and say yeah you know like shame on him because there when I hear stuff like that there's a part of me that's just like I don't care what age you are I want to kill you I want you off air there's I mean 
and it's it's wrong. I mean, we, I don't think we should be jury and executioner uh, from our uh, from our seats that we sit in. But there's a part of my mind that says, yeah, that kid raped some old lady, uh, tortured her for two days. If I had a gun, I would shoot him in the head. I guess I I had to learn a long time ago spending and I'm, time and you spend time with them so as you 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 have a better yeah, understanding it, of it than and I, I think like seeing it up close and specifically like just like if you're it, if your options are essentially like see them as humans and trying to like connect with them mm-hmm. being to being yeah. or fight yeah like. I'm 6'1", 240 now, whatever, you know what mm. I mean? Like, it's not like I've ever been a small dude, mm. but you're talking, like, these animals you're talking about? Yeah. Like, bro, I've been in, like, a handful of situations where I've thrown a punch. Like, I'm yeah. a pretty passive guy. Mm. I don't really want the smoke. Yeah. If you want it, then, like, it can happen. I don't really want to do that. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not walking into a room with 26 niggas who, like, seven of these dudes here for murder. I remember yeah. there was a day homie walked through the door after going to court. Yeah. Literally was like, why beat that shit? I was like, why are you? He's like, yeah, I definitely killed that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you know what wow. I mean? Like, there were some proud kills in this yeah. joint. Yeah. So it's like, you have to like, how do you read? You have to it? see through that, I guess is my point. Like nobody, mm. what I discovered is nobody wants to be that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to be vicious. Nobody wants to be an animal. Yeah. Especially like at that young of an age. Right? Yeah. And if you can reach beyond that, then you can see the humanity. In that. Yeah. I, and I agree. I think that uh, America, especially humans in general, have uh, typically will try to treat the symptoms and never get to the root of the issues and because it's it's so easy to be like oh okay well this this is you know they're murdering people and let's get rid of them and that seeing like the root of what's causing these people disenfranchised poor lost hungry searching for opportunity and only seeing the gang as a way out to be like oh yeah that's my way out let me do that and, you know, if it takes me killing to, you know, get protection for my neighborhood or in my neighborhood and make money and hopefully, you know, be able to provide for my families. And I guess I got to kill again. And I, I haven't had to, you know, face those choices. Um, but I do understand, you know, anyone being like, yeah, we'll like still like we can correct the problems. But right now this person is torturing people. Let's get rid of them. <laughs> I guess I guess, that's me trying that, not to be a hypocrite. That's what I mean. Like, but that's the ex- existential debate, right? And so yeah. I guess like you're you're right. It's hypocritical of me to say I've never had that reaction. Right? Mm-hmm. There are plenty of things that have happened in my life that I've seen done to people I love or to myself or to people who are like me or whatever mm-hmm. that like have elicited the reaction of, "Boy, if you were in front of me and I owned a gun, I'd kill you." Mm-hmm. I joke often that like part of the reason I advocate for better gun laws is so people like. I, I shouldn't have easy access to a gun, yeah. but I should have access to a gun. Mm-hmm. And there should be laws that document those steps. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't keep one in my home, nor should I be able to. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. no. It's, uh, in, in me, at I mean, right now, I think I'm more sound mind, but me at 21 or something with a gun, probably wouldn't make the best decisions. But that's what I mean. And I think everybody who's not hypocritical with themselves have, can admit to having had that feeling. Yeah. And so, like, the, that being that underpinning the gun debate is a conversation for another time, I guess. But a, a, I guess it. I always hear comments like that, and it's a sweeping generalization. It's just a shitty thing to say. We don't need to spend all day about it, I guess. But my point is, like, I don't, yeah, it's an important reminder to like, there are there is no such thing 
You know what I mean? Like, there, we're all people. Mm-hmm. All of humankind is people. The most despicable word. Trump is a person. Yeah. No matter how much I sit here and shit about him into a microphone on the internet for going on a year now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trump is a human being. Yeah. I feel for him. I don't want him dead. Yeah. I want him held accountable. I want him brought to justice for crimes. Yeah, I feel like he's committed. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't want him dead. I don't want to mercilessly drag him out in an alley and shoot him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember having those feelings about Bin Laden when that happened. All these people, and I was like, I, I wanted to say that. I want to tie him up in Yankee Stadium to a stick and everyone in New York gets a swing at him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But no, I, I don't really want that because I don't really believe in that for humanity. Yeah. And I feel like it's times like these when we need to start trying to center ourselves in those mindsets instead of just leaning into like, I, I know this is kind of wrong, but it feels natural, so I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Because no. that shit is not good. Yeah. So just I, I, there's a part of me that knows that that's very true and there's a part of me that says yeah but like you know you were coming to my house robbing my family or trying to do harm right i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot you and i'm not gonna i'm gonna sleep very well that night <laughs> we have three other things we wanted to cover in the first half and we're already out of time yeah we're already at 30 34 uh, minutes to stay re- so this whole conversation today is kind of centered around this idea of political correctness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's one other one I feel like I actually really want to get to in this particular episode, mm-hmm. and that's that Spelman College graduated its first openly trans man. Yeah. Now, for those who don't know, uh, probably know Spelman College is a historically black college and university. Uh, and it's a female college. Exactly. Yeah. It's a women's college. Uh, so essentially... She had gone there freshman year, uh, you know, really struggled with some issues within the community at Spelman, transferred to a wider school where she, I guess, at the time, or I guess he now, speaking mm-hmm. past tense, I'm bad with pronouns, uh, mm-hmm. was able to, in his own words, grow and develop himself into the way he wanted to be. I, I thought it was a he that is... No, no, a woman who tra- transitioned into a man. Okay, trans- okay. Man. So when, when they enrolled at Spelman, they were... She uh-huh. transferred to an all white school, came back. She transitioned to a mm. uh, over the time, uh, and so kind of came back to junior, uh, came back to Spelman. Uh, and he had cited that one of the reasons he transferred schools was to kind of grow into himself without quote the pressures of other black folks telling me I couldn't do or be something. Mm-hmm. I came back to Spelman near my junior year because I, although I could flourish in my queerness, I felt like I was denying my blackness at this other school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was nothing more to a body than those folks. Mm-hmm. And it was such an interesting, I guess, problem to have. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I often speak about this with other people, and I love your thoughts on this, is like black culture's like intolerance of queerness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like black culture is just rounding out now to accept like gay men. I That's mean, I think barely. still, barely, I think they're still, uh, you know, massively behind on, the, on that acceptance of homosexuality and queer and trans and, you know, the whole LTBQ. The alphabet. Yeah, you know. <laughs> they got to simplify that shit, Yo, man. That's why I call it the alphabet, though. <laughs> I, literally, I literally call it the LGBT alphabet. Yeah, they, <laughs> they need to, they gotta do something. They they need to get their marketing under control. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Good I mean, hashtag, dog. they uh, uh, I don't think it's just black people. I think it's it's a large minority, uh, lots mm-hmm. of minorities in general uh, as far specifically as specifically like first and second generation, like new, yeah. the newer you are to the country. And it's uh, I mean, I I think uh, back in the day, uh, that's in California when they tried to legalize. 
um, gay marriage a lot of the reason why I didn't get passed. I'm not sure if it's passed now, but I know. I it has since, yeah. But yeah, but previously it was because uh, a lot of African American, hmm. especially female, if I remember correctly, voted against it because religion. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, um, and it is, it's one of those things. Wait, hold on, hold on, pause. Did we just find a reason we could shit on black women for the first time? Like two I'm not going to shit, <laughs> I'm not going to shit on anyone because I know that it is, it is a weird thing for someone who with limited, limited experience with the culture to understand, especially when they've been, um, inundated with you know uh, Christian beliefs and uh, foundation of Christmas Christian fundamentals and so it's it feels like you're going against you know Christ and religion in order to be supportive of that I think and it goes to something that we're going to touch hopefully touch on later uh uh, the guy in that debate uh the British guy Stephen, Stephen Fry. Fry he said that this whole certainty thing is like for you for uh, uh, Americans regardless of you right or left to be so certain about things even like Christi- Christianity seems to be like a problem I agree. because like even if you if you've read the Bible you study the Bible uh, yes, I mean, there's some, especially Old Testament stuff, there's some stern stuff on there. But, like, Jesus himself, you know, was very, like, he was, I mean, he was very open about, like, you know, he was breaking a lot of rules that, like, the Old Testament and these uh, strict religious people were like, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. And he was like, yeah, well, like, I'm doing it. And so it's like, to be so certain about something and it to affect other people's lives and experience on this earth is something that I think is inherently unchristian. Yeah, and I mean, we can definitely another day have a conversation about like the interpretations of religion. Well, and just like the the Christian the Christianization of black culture. Yeah, uh, and I, which I think is just like a fascinating thing, and we can get into that another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think it, among kind of the immigrant population obviously religion and religious convictions are a lot stronger mm-hmm. uh, I think black people are specifically kind of in that same pool that yeah. we've just kind of recently been finding our identity in mm-hmm. the last you know, years of freedom like mm-hmm. 30 years 50 years mm-hmm. uh, and religion is one of those kind of like you said those stakes that you kind of can't challenge and mm-hmm. you want it to all hold together yeah. that being said it creates this weird effect and this is the other thing I, I wanted to bring up here is like how do you exist as an other amongst others and that, it's something I, I, I kind of joke with some of my queer friends about. That, like, I have this weird other amongst others passing mm-hmm. privilege yeah. of being like pansexual and biracial. It's like, I'm an other everywhere I go. Yeah. So I'm not really an other, right? Yeah. Uh, and I get kind of a pass in like, the mm-hmm. black community or the queer community or whatever. It's like, I can go hang out with queer people and have a girlfriend. It's not weird. Mm-hmm. I can hang out with black people and nobody calls me up for saying, even though I'm mostly white, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all these different things. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it. I guess I never thought of it in this predicament where, like, to be a man amongst women, first off, mm-hmm. but a man amongst women in a women's body, and yeah. then trying to make that transition in, like, having very limited support from the community around you mm-hmm. that's supposed to be, like, supporting you and helping you flourish. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it's, no, it's a very weird step. It is. is that, I mean, there is going to be no pleasant 
way through that journey. There is, there is especially through the black community that is, I mean, the black community can criticize the hell out of some shit. And um, <laughs> it, 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 it is, it's, it's one of my biggest criticisms, you know, to the black community, uh, which is extremely critical and extremely, uh, you know, biased and, and, and critical on a lot of issues. Um, but use a lot more unity and togetherness and you know openness and in acceptance. order to move for and acceptance in order to move forward. Me and my buddy Sean even said that like uh, we've had several conversations it was like that black people. I mean, just starting to a little bit more. We don't even embrace our nerds. Like yeah, like it's still corny to go to college for dude, a lot of black people. And look, we're just now accepting Childish Gambino. We're right. just, I mean, but look, look at it. I had this conversation, Sanfield, dude. I had, dude. I had this conversation with a random dude uh, in New Orleans, uh, on like out drinking. We were talking, and he was like from Beverly Hills, and he was like talking about like his, and he was like a very proper, like you can tell he was like Beverly Hills white or like kind of really influenced by white culture, and you know, and he was like, yeah, like I don't really like. Uh, have that many like black friends and so forth out there you know and we started talking about like how black people don't accept him as much and I was like yeah like black people have a problem accepting their nerds I mean w- when they provide so much to other culture you look at like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was like the perfect example mm. of like dude someone that is a rock star among like a lot of people but really only embrace, embrace in the white community like like you can ask a lot of black people it just got like kind of on the culture circuit. A- exactly. Bill Nye like, is more accepted by black people than Neil deGrasse Tyson. Exactly. Crazy. And it's like, dude, like we need to like not lose out on these great minds and these great sources who, and we need to embrace them. It's like everything just can't be cool. You know, some things gotta be respected or, or educated and like, and, and being a thinker has to be cool. Hell yeah, yeah dude. A, I, Don Glover's first like breakout special was aptly titled Weirdo. Yeah. And like like black culture has always rejected the weirdo yeah. because we've been in a survival state of mind mm-hmm. where anything weird wasn't getting us like ahead enough to survive more yeah. existentially. And now that we're in a place where like we're still threatened all the time, but there is some room to like grow. We yeah. need, we need to learn to accept the people who are pushing the culture in that direction. Exactly. And I've always been like it's just been a personal battle for me in my life because I've always been like I I mean like I I dress fashionably but and like I've tried to be funny, but that was all like just I, I guess um uh, a defense mechanism because like I I was always kind of like geeky or nerdy and like awkward and shit and I grew to it myself by the time like I was in high school where you know I was able to like adapt and learn from like the culture and I really got into hip hop and shit like that by like really especially by the time I was like 13 14 I was really getting into hip hop and I was able to I started to like balance both worlds and mm-hmm. so forth but I was like I was when I was like uh, 11, 10, 11, like I was reading science fiction books and like reading yeah, exactly. every episode of Calvin and Hobbes and Far Side. I was like, and you yeah. realize a lot of that shit now is like popping. Yeah. It was like, like, like Rosalind's made this whole like new resurgence in black culture. Yeah. Like who still watches wrestling? That shit was popping 25 <laughs> years ago. But all the niggas who secretly watched wrestling back then yeah. can now come out of the woodwork yeah, and fan dude, out I of was, it. I was awesome. all about wrestling. That's what I mean. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think this uh, respect 
respect to him, um, I think that like we need to recognize this black culture and, and need to push forward to be more inclusive, more open, uh, and embrace some of the people who we normally didn't embrace. And, and, and at least check yourself before you start judging them. Last question on that. Do you feel like a trans male should be able to attend a women's college? I don't give a shit. And neither do I. <laughs> Question that came up in the comments. I figured I'd ask. I can. I don't give a. Sh- I, and this is the biggest problem. It, 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 just leave people alone. Like, why are we? Oh, you can't. Like, I can see if it's like a sport or something like that. And it's like if you're a, a trans, if you're a, a, a man transferring to tra- transitioning to a woman, and you want to like fight UFC or, like, play women's basketball, then there's, there's some issues because you, now you have a... a, a so what a if you enroll at Spelman and you're still pumping testosterone? Yeah. But you haven't transitioned. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think <laughs> Is that, that a PED? Like, yeah, it, it should be. It should, it should definitely be, man. It's an unfair advantage. And I think that's the only thing that I have a problem with. But, like, where you go to school and shit like that, I can give two shits. I agree. Uh, I... I'm still trying to reconcile the gender balance in sports, but we'll do that another time. Uh, you'll know, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of this conversation today is kind of centered around this idea of political correctness because we're a bunch of fucking nerds. Mm-hmm. We watched a two-hour debate on political correctness it, in our spare time. A lot time. of people are nerds because over a million people watched it. 1.3 million and counting in the past, what's it been, two days, three days? Yeah, three days. Right? Uh, so there's a debate, and the, the question on the table was, how do they frame it? Uh, uh, is... Um, Political correctness going—it's almost—it's political correctness going too far or something no, no, like that. No, the actual like, question they're supposed to be is, is political correctness uh, or in, progress, yeah, or something indicator like, of progress. Yeah, it was like Let me your it. political correctness or progress or something like two, something like that. Uh, I can't figure it out. Never mind. Fuck it. We're going to share a, a lot from the video uh, this coming weekend. But it's the Monk debate. It was in Toronto, Canada. Yeah. It was with uh, Jordan Peterson, Stephen Fry, uh, um, Michael, Eric. Um, oh, I forget his name. Michael, Eric, Dyson. McGowan Derrickson. Thank you. Yes. And uh, what was the, uh, the, the lady's uh, name? Michelle Goldberg. Yeah. Incredible debate. You have time to watch the whole thing. It is. It is. It is the conversation that's going on, whether you're participating or not. For uh, I mean, really, since the Trump era, but uh, a little bit before that, I think into the Obama era, it started to begin where uh, a, a lot of you know the conflict between right and left and um, the 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 hierarchies of power and politics and political correctness are kind of clashing all together. Yeah, and so a lot of it kind of centered around, uh, well, what it's supposed to center around essentially is is what we deem political correctness really just us getting better as a society, us progressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And the, the debate against that as presented was pretty much that it inherently works against the framework of the world's best democracies, such as America's, mm-hmm. uh, which rely upon the idea of individuality and like one's independence from a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your ability, your your access to the assumption of independent in- innocence uh, was a really good point that got brought up there. Mm-hmm. The uh, essentially the ability to transition between social strates or uh, castes, 
uh, was another thing that got got brought up repetitively. Uh, I guess economic mobility, social mobility, and all of these things are tied to the ability for you to overcome any individual obstacle. And that's why I, I, we often boil it down into democratic societies to all other things considered. Mm-hmm. Like this is the best way to do it because mm-hmm. you have more access to getting ahead independently than you would as a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an interesting argument because on the flip side, as America has shown again and again and again, and this was presented as one of the arguments against, is that group leadership has often directed our progress. Whether that was our group leadership to you know uh, succeed from Britain and fight the British and create our own country, mm-hmm. whether that was group leadership that got women the right to vote, whether that was group leadership that you know capital, uh, kind of galvanized uh, black culture during the civil rights era, mm-hmm. whether that was group thought that got you know gay marriage done. All of these things are example, you know, union work. You know, what I mean, all of these examples are people get you know who are disenfranchised, galvanizing with a group voice to mm-hmm. essentially you know swing the political levers in their favor. Mm-hmm. I don't. Where I think the real line of political correctness is, and what Stephen Fry got at many times in this debate, mm-hmm. is that there's a common code of decency that no we. His argument was that we shouldn't adhere to. My argument is that we should, mm-hmm. uh, and that is the kind, like that is common decency. That is political correctness. Mm-hmm. It is the respect for one's individual identity, however mm-hmm. they describe themselves, mm-hmm. and being able to communicate with them in the framework of how they, they want to be, I guess, like identified. Mm-hmm. If you're given, if you are to do that, then you have to work within a set of limitations, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm talking to a transgender person, mm-hmm. no matter how like unversed I am in that Mm -hmm. if I call them a fucking tranny Mm -hmm. and they go hey I don't want to be called a fucking tranny Mm -hmm. then I now know that like there's a level of political correctness where I'm I'm not going to use that term I don't think that's inherently bad yeah and I think everyone on that panel can agree to that where uh, Jordan Peterson and Stephen Fry and I agree with them on this is that the point to where you're setting laws like they are in Canada where you're forced to use certain gender pronouns I think it's gone too far you cannot police language that is freedom of speech and once you have been you done forced where if you don't that, that there's there is I forget the, that, the exact <laughs> bill but there's a bill that's passed in um, that they're trying to pass or already passed in Canada it's like the three nine something the other way other um, and it's that like if you you can be a fine or something like there's like you can be there's uh, a cost uh, you can be punished for not using uh, proper gender pronouns and so forth and I think that's a little like that's out of hand like yeah you can if you want to uh, be uh, respectful then yeah and that's you should use someone's proper pronoun whatever they ask you to, to use but you shouldn't be forced to there should be no laws like political correctness should not be in the law and, and be forced by you know it it sounds like from what I'm skimming here this law would pretty much only apply to like essentially professional experiences mm-hmm. so like if you've transitioned into being a woman and your boss knows you're trans, mm-hmm. he can't deliberately call you he all the time. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I, that's what I mean. Like, I, one of the conversations that kept coming up is, like, there's this fear and this feeling and then there's actuality. Mm-hmm. Like, 
there's this fear and this feeling that we're policing speech by saying, you have to use the pronouns or else we're going to jail you. Yeah. That's not the case. We're saying when I'm at work, when I'm being a professional, when I'm interacting with people in mm-hmm. a capacity I'm very good at and you pay me to be talented at, mm-hmm. I'd like you to respect me enough to call me out, my, like not call me out my name. Yeah. Like if you went to work and your boss was like, nah, Chris, I'm just going to call you bitch from now on. Like well, would you I stand that- for that? No, I. What and if I that think, was just I, his I, word for people like that? I think that is. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Well, but I don't think that he should go to jail for that. I think that like I can sue him for like some kind of uh, a fine of some monetary reward. Yeah, but that's like, what they're saying. Yeah, but I just I, you, you, I don't. You would, you would take it up with and and and, and I don't think that the Department of Labor, right? That's who you would go to. It, that would be work, like workplace mistreatment and harassment, right? Yeah, and I'm not like Jordan Peterson is way better at explaining this than I am, so I would not. And, and, As is Michael Eric Dyson and Michelle Goldberg. I, I to think me. I no, I think they they were terrible at debating it, and I think I think Michael Eric Dyson got very sidetracked and, like, and I think a and, and, and uh, Michelle Goldberg she was not making any sense. In mm, which where, in anything which, she was just rambling. She was giving like broad. Uh, Concepts and so forth. I didn't. I didn't think she added anything to the whole debate. I thought Mike, uh, uh, Michael Eric Dyson. Well, I think I, I think the issue that I had was more there was the three of them debating something like three people would often debate whatever topic they got on and completely miss the point of political correctness. Yeah, exactly. And then after like. I feel like Michelle Goldberg often tried to redirect the conversation and then they would just go in a different direction to attack one another. Exactly. I don't necessarily put that on her. But here's the, here's the, I think once you start putting things in laws, things get weird and things, and, 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 and I guess and my go, point is nobody is. Like, that's not happening. It can happen and it has been, it has been happening and, and this is why some of the what things. Thi- what thing can you not say anymore? Well, okay, so they, some girl almost, uh, Got uh, there was a college uh, grad student, and she was uh, I guess she was probably like a te- she was teaching too through the program, and she just simply play a video of Jordan Peterson and discussing this on on a, on a TV show, and they called her to his office and like look like you can't play this at all, and it was like well, it, it threatened her. This is a college course. Oh, okay. And they were like, "Yeah, no, you can't play this. This is equivalent to playing, playing uh, Hitler or playing Milo Yiannopoulos. You like this is stuff that." And it's like, "No, this is like so a, a discussion." I, and and I, I agree that that's extreme. But if you're talking about a private institution and they direct their curriculum in a certain direction, I, I have a problem. I have a problem when you're policing. You're now you're, you're policing ideals. I, I, I agree with you at a state college. I, I don't agree with that. Uh, there are plenty of abhorrent private educational institutions mm-hmm. that I despise and would never send my children to and can't believe they fucking exist. But yeah. that doesn't mean they don't have a right to. Yeah, I, and, and they so, can teach whatever they want to. But like, I don't think this, I think this people, was... People, you send your kids to religious it, it, schools. So this is Canada, so everything is pretty much funded by the government. So to a certain extent, right? right? Their college education, they're all, they're all to I'm a certain extent. I'm pretty sure there are private institutions in Canada as well. Uh, I don't know what school she taught. Yeah, I think it was L'Oreal. Okay. So, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, but still, like the fact that now, just I mean, I just think it is a slippery slope. And this is like, if you guys check out any of Jordan Peterson's lecture about like the uh, what's the bills C sixteen? Mm, yeah. Yes. Uh, 
Oh, C... No, C-279 that started yeah. at past the C-69. Yeah, so if you, you look at some of his... And I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson. He's very... I was very... So, fun fact, we talked about Jordan Peterson before in this uh-huh. podcast. I had a com- I was thinking Jordan Harbinger mm-hmm. this whole time. Yeah. So, I like Jordan Harbinger a lot. Shout out to Jordan Harbinger. Sorry to make the comparison. Sorry to give you so much bad press. Mm-hmm. Check out the Jordan Harbinger show. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson is... Like, I can't wrap my head around... Like, I... He, he pretty much made four, like, juvenile arguments that boiled down to, uh, well, you, you can't prove that, you know, the left won't go all the way to the extreme that the right has, so all your other arguments are invalid, which is idiotic and off-topic. No, I like, Nobody's here to, no, no, we're not here to debate politics, we're here to de- debate political correctness. No, it, his entire argument hinged on the fact that, like, the left can become tyrannical and fascist too, which I don't disagree with, and then ask people... <laughs> To discuss like examples of how it had, so that he can point to those. At, no, okay, so this and where is, they would draw the line. Okay, no, I think they he, drew the line at violence, violence, intimidation, censorism. Mm-hmm. But it's already his point is it's already going too far. Once again, it it's ideologies is where you start, and this is where I mean, do you believe it's gone too far? That's that's why when I'm you're policing and, and you when you're policing language when you when someone says something on on Twitter or uh, or makes a statement. And so here, so oh, but, but no, you have to look at some of the examples, like uh, some of these schools there are like so banning some speakers. Example, some of these examples are people like Jordan Peterson in a video saying that trans people aren't real humans. No, he's never said that. Okay, Ben Shapiro has made similar arguments that they're bi- that they're essentially biological malfunctions. Okay, yeah, and people are mentally ill. And, and Ben Shapiro might have said something like uh, that. So, on, 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 in this saying, I'm but, saying Jordan Peterson has said similar things. My point is, you would you would play that to an audience of students and feel like if they were potentially trans students in the classroom that's like an alright thing to be brought Jordan Peterson has has never said that and so yeah search it as you want but uh, here's the thing if they if if they I feel like you should have if we live we either live in a free culture or we don't now if the idea that gender identity is independent from one's biological foundation is fundamentally ridiculous. Jordan the, Peterson, the, the first Google search that comes up. If that the, the, the gender that gender's not real? Yes, gen, there is gender real. Now he he's never said that you can't no, he, be. A he's trend. making the argument that the idea that gender is separated from biological sex is preposterous. I mean, that's yeah, been but, an accepted fact in the psychological community I, for over thirty years. I, I would. You have to play the video. You can't read the the. I can't read his words. <laughs> Yeah, you have to. You oh. have to give. I mean, in order to give. See, this is my problem with, the, with like just to take to take something like a quick snippet, and that's why I won't even listen to like someone say, "Oh, well, this is what he said." But to take take to the one. I said like, this is what he said. You said he didn't. I'm pulling up his words for you. Yeah, but you have to give a complete breakdown of what he's saying. You can't just be like, okay, like a take a YouTube title and, and be like, okay, well, this is what he said. You have to give him his right to him to explain his uh, point of view. Cool. I'm not gonna sit here and watch seven minutes. Of exactly. But like I've seen every, every, I've seen a lot of his lecture and a lot of him breaking down. And, and and usually what he says from all my experience is that like gender is a real thing, and for people to not to deny that gender is a real thing, that there are men and women, and nobody's saying gender isn't real. People are saying gender is different from biological sex, which is true. Yeah. <laughs> G- yeah. Gender is your presentation of how you want to be viewed in the world. 
where amongst the gender spectrum exactly. they lie. Your biological sex is your biological sex. Exactly. Yeah, that. and I think that's... He's saying that that doesn't exist. Now, I, I would have to watch the video to see his breakdown and expert... He said it plenty of places. That's what I'm saying to you. Yeah, I would have to see it. I, I've never I've never seen him, him be like, oh, no, my, you, my, a, a my, person my, can't okay, feel my, like they're... A, let's a say man. anyone had said that. Mm-hmm. Would you feel comfortable playing that to a room full of students? Or is there a, room, a level of political correctness that should come a room, into play? A room full of students is I would not I wouldn't have I wouldn't feel comfortable playing anything as far as like a controversial statement for a room full if you're paying for something and why not, not? because you're paying for something it shouldn't it should be if it's if there's scientific data that's backing it then I feel like it's okay to play but if it's just opinions or something like that that's it's right. not backed okay. and it yep. should, especially you're paying for it now if you're giving the speak now if, if, if that's if, right I mean you both have a problem with a lot of colleges yeah exactly <laughs> but if you're giving if someone's giving I will defend the right for someone to be a Nazi mm-hmm because we live in a culture that you should have freedom of speech. Even though I don't believe in what you say, I will defend your right to be in your ability to say it. And I feel like that, and, we, and, and I think that's some of the things I've seen Jordan Peterson stand for is the fact that he's like, yeah, like we, we can't let things go out of hand to where we're like policing language because so things, once you, sure. it, it is a slippery slope we and, it, and let, we've seen it in the 20th century. But we also can't let things get out of hand in the other direction where we just say, like, it, the, the rebuttal to that has, has continuously been throughout history and continues to be in this generation that we should then, to counteract that, just say things to say them. Like, we should go out and shout trans people in the streets. We should go out and call black people niggas. We should burn torches and march to defend our Confederate statues. Mm. All in the name of expressing our freedom of speech. The idea of political correctness Mm. is not to limit free speech, Mm. but to structure it in a sense that it is productive and not inherently violent and fear-mongering. If if what you're advocating for Mm. is to allow Nazism, Mm. right, then, like... I'm with you. That's fine. People are allowed to say what they want to say, yeah. right? But if what you're saying, what you want to say, is then you gathering people on a street corner to shout hate speech at people, mm-hmm. and some of those people then run them over with a car, no, then it, it, we, where we, do you draw the line on that level? Like, that's why you need political correctness. That's why th- there needs to yes. be a level of decorum that is accepted amongst all of us to communicate correctly. Yes, but and, and I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I operate my day-to-day life like that. But what I have a problem is is how we enforce it. And what what is your like? And, and you keep bringing up the like these restrictions on your daily life. Like, what are they? No, what what I'm saying is 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 how do you how do you like? Yeah, no one likes hate speech. Right, and the way we've been combating it that people get all uptight and butthurt about now mm-hmm. is public shame. And I no, and I have no problem with. I think public right, shame is, is 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 a good method. But when you're saying, okay, well, it, it gets blurry, and it has gotten blurry, especially on the left, when you're like, oh, well, like, you know, it, it, they can't, someone can't come to and pay to rent out a hall because you know we don't like what he's saying. Now I'm like, all right, well, like, if, if people aren't paid to see this person, there's a large population that's going to pay to see this person. It's not on campus. Then I'm I'm fine. Now, if you want if you want to boycott that, then that is your right and your duty to bo- to boycott that or or pick it or whatever. But they should have the freedom. I don't feel like you should, you know, start a riot or or get violent e- or e- on either side in order to stop someone from speaking. I agree with that. 
And nobody's, so that, nobody's advocating so, for what, what part of political correctness is that? But what, 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 how are we defending this political correctness? Like, I do, I do think some of the politi- do you think it's politically correct to violently riot? To I don't protest think somebody's I don't think any, any, I don't accept any violence, but, right, but I'm saying, but would, I don't, would I don't feel, describe that action as politically correct. No one would, but I don't, so yeah, what are and, you arguing against? That's my point. I'm arguing against policing of language, right? But if you're equating two separate things, like. It, policing the language is you say something dumb and then people invent stop booking you and people on Twitter start like saying mean things to you and that's the policing of the language. No, that's well, going well on. I'm talking about putting laws in place where like people cannot say certain things. Right, and what I'm asking you is to tell me where those laws are affecting anything and where they're actually being put into place I, because they're not. Well, that's there's, fundamentally I think, untrue. I think. So you're for putting laws in to stop people from saying shit? No, but I'm for. Uh, I am also for calling the like the conversation what it is. Like that, that's a hypothetical. That's not happening, and we're not in danger of it. Happening. I, I, we it's a slippery slope, and that's what and that's where I I feel it going sure, because because yeah, now slope. you're interpreting what is hate speech. I don't like I don't like what Twitter does and then Facebook, Instagram is like, oh, you can't post this. It's like, I, dude, I, like this. Oh. I mean, yes and no. Like some things, like it, there should be a cover warning on a graphic video of a violent murder, right? Yes, but sh- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a politi- That's an example of political correctness. Like, what what do we have against that? But if you're if someone says like, for instance, uh, if you make a joke, say, yeah, I'm gonna murder you or something like that. Well, like you're removed off Twitter. Or you say something about a certain celebrity or something like that. Now you're removed. You're, you're removed off Twitter and shit. It's like, dude, like I mean, I've, I've going gotten, to. I've gotten plenty of twenty four hour Twitter bans. I've never had any. That, I, I've never been fully removed from Twitter. Yeah, and, for uh, literally anything. And my, we exactly. talked about this off air before this episode. I need to go scrub my Twitter. Yeah, and some I, shit in my Twitter. Like either things gonna be like this. You can't protect it. I think it just get, it does get ridiculous when we're policing. Words and and, and I, speech. So I, I should making things like uh, I think you should like culture should police culture and like how people see you and view you and maybe how jobs hire you based on like oh well this guy is it does not stand for what we stand for that is how you but when you start putting laws into place and you start you know then my, I'm, I'm my, not for that. My man. point is laws aren't being put into place. What's happening? Well, it is in Canada. It, one specific law that's, that, that's where does it start? What can you one specific law that specifically looks at how you should be treated in your workplace mm-hmm. and not to be called outside of the gender that you declare as your own identity? What what is limiting about? That? Well, okay, the, the, what's limited about, about that is that like when there how many now gender pronouns are there? Depending depending on which country or which society you want to believe in, three. Well, okay, but not she and the well, she the, or they. The problem is that there is there is a ton of these gender pronouns, and now There's you guys are not. There's there three. is dude, There's you, he, she, and they. This is the that, same have you, have, no, I, I guarantee you, like the ability. No, there's yeah, I get it. There's the, the Z one and the, no, there, but no, there is a, there's yes, women there's with a, a Y, and the, I get, there's but, a ton of or fringe ones that are going out now. Now it's just like and nobody, nobody with a non male female pronoun has any offense to be they. Every, like, I, I, it's all encompassing. Yeah, like, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like these are these are false problems. Yeah. These are hypothetical problems. You can't I just incorporate don't, I, they into like your vocabulary. What, yeah, but uh, okay, but now it's like, oh well call me, you know, it, 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 I just think why are we like 
proper like respect if someone's not being respectful in their in their job then they need to be disciplined but when you're putting in the law and it's like yo like I go to my manager, like, yo, like, he needs to, or go above the manager, and he's like, yo, he needs to be like, my name's John, he can call me John, or, like, this is, like, proper, just, what business is not going to resolve that? But is there going to be... The problem is, just like every other targeted society in history, Mm -hmm. like, we've needed laws to make white people not call us niggers at work, right? There's a law for that. (laughs) Right, and it's a harassment <laughs> law. What? So why? Isn't that, so, why aren't, right. so, so this is also a harassment law. Yeah, I'm not with it's it. It's a workplace harassment law. How is that different? It. Why is it? Why? Why not just use the previous workplace harassment laws then? Because they don't cover gender, like gendered issues such as pronouning. Because they weren't respecting million, trans people when they wrote those laws thirty years ago. Yeah, trans people were still called fucking freaks and beaten up and killed in the streets. Now they get killed in the streets slightly less often, but it's still happening. Thus, the law. Yeah, I, I, I look. I'm all for respecting people. I'm just not for like blanketed laws to you know uh of speech and 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 i think it can get in this and i haven't read i guess they, my, I haven't my read argument this. to you is that those laws aren't happening all that's happening is that people are getting made to feel uncomfortable and the idea that they need to be, be respectful to a new group of people that they have to identify as people scares them like the idea of being respectful to women we talk about this all the time in this mm-hmm. podcast for generations, literally as long as we've been alive up until like eight years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. it's been pretty fucking cool to disrespect women. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're finally moving into an era where like the idea so of mistreating... We should, we should, it's socially, been socially yeah, acceptable to be disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, but we're moving into this era now where like standing up for women is cool and mm-hmm. women being individuals is cool. Mm-hmm. And like the, there are lots of people who aren't accepting of that yet. Mm-hmm. This is the same type of thing. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, and that's where I get back to this idea of political correctness, I guess, to put a bow on this. Mm -hmm. is like, there's a just, it's not about policing any particular parts of speech. It's Mm -hmm. about asking people to respect the individual identities of each, like, one another. Yeah. And the only thing that's uncomfortable about that for people that no one's willing to admit to themselves is that all that takes is respecting all types of people. And it's hard for us because a lot of us haven't met all types of people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I remember when we first met, like, I've literally, I think I've got maybe half of a, like, Arabic friend. I know mm. no Middle Eastern people. Yeah. Right? I have, like, a, a couple I've interacted with in my life. Mm. Uh, outside of Israel, I have a lot of Jews. Mm. Uh, but my point is, like, I don't know anything about Arabic culture. So I have all these misconceptions, and I, I don't know. But so long as when I show up, I say, hey, like, if I say something out of pocket, just, like, correct me and mm. let me know. And then, like, try to be better about that moving forward. Mm. Everyone's cool. Yeah. But if I meet you and, like, I'm like, hey, my name's Mitch. Mm. And, like I said earlier, like, you just decide to be like, no, nah, your name's bitch from now on. And every yeah. time you see me, you're just like, what up, well, that's bitch? that's harassment. Right. It's the same thing, though. If I show up and I'm like, hey, I'm a he. And every time you see me, you call me a chick. Yeah. Right? You, like, you wouldn't be, like, if somebody I, called you a chick every time yeah. they saw you, you'd be offended. You would file a harassment complaint. Uh, yeah, or beat uh, yeah, the shit out of them. Yeah, I, I would definitely follow harassment, but I think it, it is getting. I, I think there should just be like har- there should be a overall harassment bill based on you know, and, and gender should be in there. But should I don't think anyone should I agree be, with you like I think it's rewriting the bill instead of adding on new bills. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so. And I and I, do I feel like I don't know if, where if the if, if, if if this. 70-year-old professor is just like, oh, like I just called her, he get, I'm sorry. Like, now it's like, well, this is the f- fourth time he does it. I want this guy's job. 
And it's like, but I, I guess my point is like, I just don't like. Well, he broke the law. Yes, and this is where things come out in the watch. And uh, you, you mentioned Michelle Goldberg's contribution to that conversation. One of the things I was happy she brought up that nobody then responded to was that like. The Me Too movement's a prime example of this, where it's like, lots of people's names got thrown out mm. in the mud, lots of people got dragged, mm. but m- if you look at it holistically, mm. most of those men would, like, even the lighter accusations mm. that proved out to be true, mm. are getting their jobs back, and or never lost their jobs at all, maybe took a, a two-week paid suspension, mm. when, you know what I mean? Like, the ones that really lost their jobs and lost positions of power were guys we can all kind of fundamentally agree had that coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the dude who, like, commented on a girl's ass being too tight in jeans when he was a male clerk 20 mm-hmm. years ago isn't losing his job. Yeah, but even looking like, look at, like, a person like Aziz Ansari who went on, uh, which we said in this yeah. podcast, a, a awkward weird date and, I, and, I, and he's, I'll, I'll he's tell dragged you, through the mud I mean he may, he may get it six months later now Aziz Ansari will be back but how much money has he lost that's a fair, fair argument you know and, and it's like yeah oh yeah you know some of these guys who, who were kind of prosecuted in the public without real evidence or due process yeah they'll be okay in a few months but it's like yeah a few months of like of stress and and of of if they did if they didn't do it and we don't know because they got no due process, it's like yeah yeah it, they'll be okay but it's like it's still that floating in the atmosphere. Anytime you meet that still that still follows them and it's like I think they're they're I guess like I it's tough for me because with as somebody with a lot of those things floating behind me, it's yeah. a, I also just look at it like hey man like welcome to finally being another. Where you're, where you're assumed about, pre- but I don't no, think I, that's good enough. I agree, and we shouldn't. We and Mike Hart Dyson made that argument numerous times, and I don't agree with it. Mm. But I, I do think there, there's a level of discomfort that comes with that, and a growing pain that balances out those scales. I don't think we're anywhere near the tip. Yeah, I, and I don't think it either. It'd be nice if we lived in the world where you know everyone was respectful and everyone. And I think Stephen Fry was trying to get there too. Yeah. Where like, yeah, I, I want a world that's more compassionate. You know, and I don't want uh, the uh, Oxford Manor he kept bringing up, which it, I thought was like very British of him. Yeah, very, exactly. Very perfect, <laughs> you know I mean? And he says something that I think he quoted someone's like the ability to gracefully play with ideals. I mean, mm-hmm. we do need uh, the and, and we and I think a part of the political correctness, which I'm afraid of now, only with like laws and so forth, is that people being afraid to communicate and share ideals and make mistakes. And mm-hmm. I do think that people will be afraid to make mistakes and it will slow culture and relations down because you don't want to say the wrong thing around a, a black person or trans person. So this fear of making a mistake will limit you from understanding, you know, a trans person or, That's uh, yeah. You know, and, 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 and to which, to which I would say to wrap that up is like, We've talked about this many times. One of the main issues currently is that we're having all those conversations publicly. Yeah. And like, what it boils down to is you need to find places where you connect with real people, mm. where you have the leeway to have that conversation. Yeah. And that's what I think the idea of political correctness gives you is a is an entryway to that conversation mm. to get intimate enough to have the uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. I ask a lot of uncomfortable com- comments and questions about like religion, for example, mm. all the time because I'm not religious. And like, it's re- like I can't say those things on the internet. Yeah. I can't say those things on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I can say them to like three or four of my coworkers who are of different religions and say, "Hey, man, like I'm not trying to be a dick. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like 
what the fuck is Ramadan? I have no clue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's, I guess that's my advice to everybody is step first with political correctness. Yeah. And then as you establish an intimate relationship, you'll understand why they asked you to be that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as uh, I, I'm like on this, I'm like on that Stephen Fry zone where I'm a liberal, I'm a soft liberal, but I'm still, I'm still a lefty. Um, I just think that I do get worried when we're like slapping it. We can't just have a conversation and we got to slap a bill and law and thing. I do think things get scary with that. That's I, my- I agree. I guess like my, my hair is not yet raised in that way. Mm. I, I will, if that starts to become a trend, I, we have a podcast. We'll certainly address yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I will change my views. Uh, so that's this week's late debate. Arguably yeah. the best one we've had thus far. Yeah. Uh, do we have time to even breeze through the rest of the stuff? We had like an hour and fifteen. Yeah, we had an hour fifteen. We should probably do something for a close. All right, we'll close. Usually we do a final five thing, and we usually do content recommendations. We're trying to do those more often. We're gonna do five content recommendations to blend those two segments and get the fuck out of here, mm-hmm. so that we don't keep you guys too long. Yeah, I know Chris got dates and shit. Yeah, hey, yeah. single nigga, single nigga, single nigga. <laughs> uh, you got any content you want to plug before we get into the rest? I of the, the only thing I have to plug is the new episode of uh, the new season of Thirteen Reasons Why. Do not fucking watch that show. Really? I hate. I hate every part of that show. Did you see I, the first one? I did see the first okay. one, and I was like, by the end of it, I was like, how? How's there this many issues? in one high school it's just too over dramatic it's in no everyone's a little bitch in that show there's no, no second one. book either that's what confused me about the second season yeah it's ridiculous I don't I don't enjoy it it's like in in, in, in like for certain like how diabolical some of these high schoolers are it's like that doesn't happen these are like obviously adult traits written into teenagers it's like yeah, maybe one of these things will happen in the high school, but all these things happen in high school. I can't watch it, and I can't watch it over dramatic. Degrassi. Yeah, Degrassi is just like I've watched Degrassi for twenty seasons or whatever it's been. It's just like there's no way all that would happen in the same high school. Yeah, like thirty-eight thousand teen pregnancies, six it's school like, shootings. Come, like, come on, we better right. Yeah, we better hurry up with these because yeah. our batteries dying. Fair, <laughs> blow through them. Uh, Deadpool two, you catch it? You nah, I haven't yet, but it's on my list. Uh, no spoilers, but surprisingly heartwarming. I love Deadpool. Very self aware, very self deprecating. Mm-hmm. Only things I'll note on this: Ryan Reynolds makes a lot of like self aware self references, mm-hmm. and I think Ryan Reynolds thinks he's hotter than he is. Ryan Reynolds should probably realize he's gotten a little old. <laughs> he wasn't looking like old school Ryan Reynolds. When yeah, he's when still out there him. killing it though. Oh, I'm sure he killed him. Ryan Reynolds is still like a hard ten. But, like, he's no longer the 11 he once was. <laughs> uh, also, Terry Crews needs more screen time. I'm just going to leave it at that because uh, I want to ruin the movie for you. Yeah. But I was pumped Terry Crews was in it, his interview about it. He mm-hmm. seemed so happy to be in it. I was disappointed he was in it for so short. Uh, new Queer Eye. Have you caught this? Nah. I'm guessing now. Oh, there we go. That's the battery. <laughs> Sorry, YouTube. You just lost us. Yeah. Uh, I've not, I've never watched the other one. I never really was into the old queer. I knew queer is actually, if you like any sort of those like rehabilitation, re, uh, remodel, remodel, like, so they, like, now they all, like, of the five guys, they all kind of, especially, like, one does wardrobe, one does, like, actual, like, apartment renovation, one does food, one does culture. That's kind of a cool show. Um, they have an interesting episode with a cop and then mm. a very, very heartwarming season finale with a bunch of firefighters, mm. firefighters and gay dudes where can you go wrong? There's lots of puppies. <laughs> Uh, the Obamas just signed a multi-year deal for Netflix. Yeah, uh, so and a lot of right wingers are trying to 
boycott Netflix and all this shit. It's a big controversy, but I think it's going to be Hollywood Obama, man. No, I mean, I think if you didn't see that coming, you wild. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, just similar to the feel of uh, Letterman's new show. Where really, I do. That's why I got the sense. I, I haven't read a lot about it, but I'm thinking more of something like like TED Talky motivational. Like well, that's that's that's, that's really what that is. Really Letterman. We can add Letterman's. Uh, yeah, that yeah, would be my, uh, my next guest uh, is is very good. It, it like it's what Letterman I feel like always wanted to do to really go into celebrities, get a, 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 a get a foundation of who they are, what they stand for, and then go into some of the things that they are doing in the world. It's really good. I agree with that. And the last thing I want to plug uh, is Break, which is Michelle Wolf's new Netflix show. Mm. Uh, it's going to be a weekly. I really want Netflix like live content mm. to start like catching on, but I don't know how that works or how you build a library. I'm curious to see the evolution of that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm rooting for Michelle Wolf. Obviously, we talked a lot about her White House correspondence dinner, and she's yeah, the she shit. Yeah, killed it. Uh, so hope to see that. Uh, and look for our next episode to feature a guest we plugged last week. So music from last week, if you dug that, you can buy it straight from our SoundCloud now. I'll put the link on there. Oh, dope. Uh, right on that episode. So if you dug that, you can buy it right off that. We'll have Jackie Campbell herself here in quote-unquote studio uh, <laughs> next <laughs> week. It's a fire studio. She better not blow me off because now we've plugged this officially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and go check out her new EP, the JK EP, available iTunes, Spotify, a whole bunch of other places, <laughs> wherever you find your music. Uh, it's pretty fucking dope if you're into the girl pop ballad kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, lots of really fucking emo but with some kick. Uh, yeah, though I love that, that deathbed joint. That was hot. Ah, I was curious how you'd feel about it because yeah. I feel like that's not musically like nah, the lane. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm you're a all over the place. Yeah, though, I'm yeah. all over the place, dude. You like that? All right, cool. Yeah. Um, hey, there we go. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna buy you a copy now. We'll get you a signed copy. No doubt. Hey, uh, all right. Till next time. Till next time. Don't be a dickhead. Peace. Cause you been doing business with the ops, fuck you and all them niggas We gon' keep riding around with them gloss until we find them niggas They thinkin' I lost you, remind them niggas I can get fly to niggas, hundred thousand in a Gucci book, bad They thinkin' I signed them niggas, I live with my life, for. Huh? This road that I can